Our first reading is from 1 Chronicles chapter 29, verses 1 to 22, and can be found on page 397 at the front of the church Bibles. This is the word of the Lord. Offerings for building the temple. King David said to the whole assembly, My son Solomon, whom alone God has chosen, is young and inexperienced, and the work is great for the temple, will not be for mortals, but for God, for the Lord God. So I have provided for the house of my God, so far as I was able, the gold for the things of gold, the silver for the things of silver, and the bronze for the things of bronze, the iron for the things of iron, and wood for the things of wood, besides great quantities of onyx and stones for setting antimony, coloured stones, all sorts of precious stones, and marble in abundance. Moreover, in addition to all that, I have provided for the holy house, I have a treasure of my own, of gold and silver, and because of my devotion to the house of my God, I give it to the house of my God. 3,000 talents of gold, of gold of Ophir, and 7,000 talents of refined silver for overlaying the walls of the house and for all the work to be done by artisans. Gold for the things of gold and silver for the things of silver. Who then will offer willingly, consecrating themselves today to the Lord? Then the leaders of ancestral houses made their free will offerings, as did also the leaders of the tribes, the commanders of thousands and of hundreds, and the officers over the king's work. They gave for the service of the house of God 5,000 talents and 10,000 darics of gold, 10,000 talents of silver, 18,000 talents of bronze, and 100,000 talents of iron. Whoever had precious stones gave them to the treasury of the house of the Lord into the care of Jehiel the Gershonite. Then the people rejoiced, because these had given willingly, for with single mind they had offered freely to the Lord. King David also rejoiced greatly. Then David blessed the Lord in the presence of all the assembly. David said, Blessed are you, O Lord, the God of our ancestors Israel, forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, are the greatness, the power, the glory, the victory, and the majesty. For all that is in the heavens and on earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you are exalted as head above all. Riches and honor come from you, and you rule over all. In your hand are power and might, and it is in your hand to make great and to give strength to all. And now, our God, we give thanks to you and praise your glorious name. But who am I? What is my people that we should be able to make this free will offering? For all things come from you, and of, you, of your own have we given you. For we are aliens and transients before you, as were all our ancestors. Our days on earth are like a shadow, and there is no hope. O Lord our God, all this abundance that we have provided for building you a house for your holy name comes from your hand and is all your own. I know, my God, that you search the heart and take pleasure in uprightness. 
in the uprightness of my heart I have freely offered all these things and now I have seen your people who are present here offering freely and joyously to you. O Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac and Israel, our ancestors, keep forever such purposes and thoughts in the hearts of your people and direct their hearts toward you. Grant to my son Solomon that with single mind he may keep your commandments, your decrees, your statutes, performing all of them, and that he may build the temple for which I have made provision. Then David said to the whole assembly, Bless the Lord your God. And all the assembly blessed the Lord, the God of their ancestors, and bowed their heads and prostrated themselves before the Lord and the King. On the next day they offered sacrifices and burnt offerings to the Lord, a thousand bulls, a thousand rams, a thousand lambs with their libations, and sacrifices in abundance for all Israel. And they ate and drank before the Lord on that day with great joy. This is the word of the Lord. Please stand for our gospel reading, which is from Matthew chapter 6, verses 19 to 24, and can be found on page 6 at the back of the church Bibles. Hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust consume, and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust consumes, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness. No one can serve two masters, for a slave will either hate the one and love the other, or be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Please be seated. If I've not met you before, my name's Simon. I don't know how long I can say I'm the new curate for, but I am the new curate, and it's a privilege to be with you and to preach for the first time here at 9.15. Let's pray together. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our Rock and our Redeemer. Amen. Today is Stewardship Sunday. And each and every Sunday at this service, we say and hear these words. Yours, Lord, is the greatness, the power, the glory, the majesty, and the splendor. For everything in heaven and on earth is yours. And then we all say together, all things come from you and of your own do we give you. Every Sunday, as the offering is brought forward to the front of church, we hear those words, we say those words, we pray those words. 
And this morning on Stewardship Sunday, I wanted us to consider those words in their first context, in the prayer we've just had from King David. And let me begin by acknowledging that for many in this church, you have lived a whole life of stewardship. You have given of your time and your money, your talents and your possessions, for longer than I have been alive. And for other of us here at the church, perhaps new circumstances, new to the church like me, and maybe you've never, like me, yet got round to giving to the work of this church and thinking how you can use your time to give to the work and life of all saints and beyond. And so my prayer is, looking at these words in 1 Chronicles 29, will stir as motivations for us all to think what it means for us to give of our life and of our money from what God has given to us. So it would be a great help to me if you turn back to 1 Chronicles 29, page 397. Thank you, John, for reading what was a longer reading. 1 Chronicles 29. And you'll know as we heard it that this is the greatest, perhaps, of giving in all the Old Testament the greatest of building projects there ever were, the temple of the living God. King David, at the end of his life, stirring the people to give to the temple that his son, King Solomon, would build. And so first the king gives. Did you notice that in the reading? He begins it off, verse 1 to 5, he gives of his gold and his silver and his bronze and his iron. And then he asks the people, verse 5, who then will offer willingly, consecrating themselves today to the Lord? And the phrases there in the Hebrew, there's purposeful ambiguity. Is he talking about money or their time or their life? In fact, originally these words were used to describe the work of the priests. And now King David is saying, this includes us all. Will you give? Offer willingly, consecrating yourselves today to the Lord. And so the people respond. Did you notice that? Verse 6 to 8, they also give of their gold, their silver, their bronze and the iron. The leaders gather up the gifts freely given by the people, all under the watchful eye of Jehiel. Verse 8 the treasurer. I think it's a lovely touch. He gets a mention. It's right, isn't it, to publicly, personally acknowledge those who look after the finances of this church, Julia Newton, Roger Mansfield, the team and the Rachels in the office. In 1 Chronicles 29, as we had the reading, you probably couldn't help but notice the joy bursting from the whole scene and from the people of God. Verse 9, then the people rejoiced, because these had been given willingly, for with single mind they had offered freely to the Lord. King David also rejoiced greatly. The king's generosity and then the whole people's generosity wells up in joy, flowing from a single mind. Literally, a single heart, a pure heart, a perfect heart, a complete heart. In our gospel reading, our king, 
the Lord Jesus Christ says, where your treasure is, there your heart is. And so if we go back to Chronicles and ask David, where's your treasure? If we ask the people, where's your treasure? Well, you can see where it is. It's been given to God and to the work of God. And the interesting question is to ask, what motivated the people then to be so generous, sacrificial, joyful, willingly giving so much? Because that question of motivation is key to any of us, whether we've been a Christian for as long as we can remember or for a week. What is it that motivates us to give of our life and time and energy and money to God and to the work of his kingdom? And you don't need me to remind you that the last few weeks, months and years financially have been very, very challenging. Mortgage rates have gone up seemingly instantly overnight. The cost of living with our petrol, our food and the heating of our homes. And then the fragility of pensions and savings. What would prompt us today and as a church to to, to give so generously as the people back then, even in the Old Testament. Well, King David's praise and prayer for the rest of the chapter, I think, provides three motivations, which I just wanted to share with us this morning, almost as fuel for the fire for our own motivations to give our lives to God. So here's the first one. First motivation because of who God is. Did you notice that in David's prayer? Have a listen. Everything comes from God and his gods. Verse 11, Yours, O Lord, are the greatness, the power, the glory, the victory, and the majesty. For all that is in the heavens and on the earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord. Verse 12, Riches and honor come from you. Verse 15, For all things come from you. Verse 16, All this abundance that we have provided for a building a house for your holy name comes from you and is all your own. The first motivation, well, it's God. Everything that we have, everything that we are, comes from God and is God's. If you're anything like me, you often think and talk as though it's my house, my money, my time, my possessions my life. And this can make us resistant, even as Christians, to giving freely, generously, joyfully to God. Because when we think like that, we're actually living in a make-believe world. Because everything comes from God. Everything belongs to God. You know those brown little tags you sometimes put on presents and things with a name on? Well, it's as though everything in this world has a brown tag on it, yourself, myself included, saying, God's belongs to him. Your money and your possessions are God's and a gift from him. Your time and your talents are God's and a gift from him. Your very life and your next breath is God's. And it is a gift from his generous hand. And it's this perspective that prompts the people to give. And so they say, as we say every Sunday, verse 14, all things come from you and of your own do we give you. Many of you will know that Rebecca, my wife, and I have a seven 
month-old daughter, Rosanna. And the best way I think I can illustrate verse 14 for you is to think about Rosanna buying mummy and daddy a present. Humanly speaking, everything Rosanna has comes from mummy and daddy. So if in years to come she's generous enough to buy us a present, it will come literally from us. And we will have the joy of giving her some money and going away and getting her something for mummy and daddy, and then she will have the joy of giving it back to us. And there will be joy everywhere in the Oatridge family. I hope, one day. Realizing your time and your money, my time and my money, comes from God, is meant to be a source of infinite joy. It's meant to free our heads and our hearts and our hands to be able to give generously and gladly to God and to the work of his kingdom, to his church, to his mission, and to his needy world. So first motivation, God. Second motivation, it's because of who we are. Verse 14, beautiful words by one of the greatest kings who ever lived. But who am I? And what is my people? That we should be able to make this free will offering. There's a remarkable sense of privilege in these words, of wonder, of amazement. Not only that David and the people are God's people, but that they get to give to God and to his work. The people then knew and lived what stewardship is. Stewardship is gladly giving to God from what he so generously gives to us. It's gladly giving to God from what he so generously gives to us. And verse 15 tells us more of who they know they are. That means it's a motivation for them. Verse 15, we are aliens and transients before you, as were all our ancestors. Our days on the earth are like a shadow, and there is no hope. As the old spiritual song says, I'm just a passing through. Our lives on this earth, whether we are young or old, are as a shadow. How long does a shadow last? Well, as long as the sun is in the sky and then falls for another day. And this realization of who we are, shadows that come in a moment and then go, is meant to prompt us. Who are we that we can give our lives, our talents and our money to the eternal God and the work of his eternal kingdom? And so this helps us, motivates us, frees our heads, our hearts and our hands to give generously from what God has so generously given to us. And as I finish... I want us to consider one final motivation. First motivation, God and who he is. Second motivation, us and who we are. Third motivation, the king and what he does. Did you notice in the reading what the king does first? King David offers generously sacrificial from his own treasuries, from his own gold and silver and bronze and iron. And then he says to the people, will you also give freely and willingly? Well, our king, of course, the Lord Jesus Christ, has not given of his gold and his silver. He has given his very life. 
We've been ransomed, redeemed, not with perishable things such as gold and silver, but with the imperishable blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. The Lord Jesus who said, it is more better to give than to receive. And he didn't, of course, just say that. He lived it. Jesus gives his life sacrificially, generously, astonishingly for you and for me. He buys us back. He redeems us from sin, from greed, and from self-centered living. Ransomed, healed, restored, forgiven. We get to belong to this God and this King As one of the great catechisms that have taught the Christian faith over the last few centuries asks in its first question, what is your only comfort in life and in death? The answer, that I am not my own, but belong with body and soul, both in life and in death, to my faithful Saviour, Jesus Christ. And it is this Saviour, our King Jesus, who has given his life for us. And so today he speaks to each and every one of us. Verse 5, who then will offer willingly, consecrating themselves today to the Lord? Because in the end with Stewardship Sunday, it's not the treasurer who asks you to give. It's not the vicar who encourages you to give. It's not even the church budget that requires you to give. It's God inviting you, asking you to give from what he has given to you. And we don't give our time today because the stalls around church that we'll visit in a moment ask of our time and services. We do it because God invites us to do so. Knowing that everything we are and everything we have is a gift from God. Let us pray. Yours, Lord, is the greatness, the power, the glory, the splendor, and the majesty. For everything in heaven and on earth is yours. All things come from you, and of your own do we give you. Amen.